Good morning, Top Ben Rivalry followers. It's Bill from Top Ben Rivalry. It's Tuesday morning. We are excited. We got through the weekend. We got through Monday. And I got kind of a unique situation going on here. So I got Jackson coming back. And no, it's not the weekly review, but we got a topic we're going to talk about. So good morning, Jackson. How are you? Good. How are you? Living the dream. Living the dream. So excited to be talking about this. I absolutely disdain rumors and where is this person going to go or that person going to go but we're going to talk trade deadline this morning because i know you and i have our opinions on it we will not mention number 17 for the angels um, that he's going to go where he's going to go and he's going to sign where he's going to sign that's the answer to that right so jackson tuesday morning we're coming up on the trade deadline who do you think are buyers who do you think are sellers uh, buyers, I think, uh, you got you know the the usual suspects. You got you know the division leaders, Atlanta, the Dodgers, Milwaukee could be kind of a small scale buyer. I think Texas is definitely a buyer. Houston, Toronto, definitely looking to add pieces. Same with Tampa Bay. Sellers could be interesting. I think a team like the White Sox might be a really big seller. The Cardinals have said that they'll sell. They just lost a a five-game win streak, so that might kind of spur them on. The Mets could be a sneaky seller. Maybe the Cubs. I know the Cubs are only six back, but maybe the Cubs. But then, you know, Pittsburgh, Washington, Colorado, Detroit, Kansas City, Oakland. I don't know if anyone wants anybody but from Oakland, but I'm sure everyone's available. It's funny that you mentioned Detroit because Detroit is one of those sleepers right now. They are... um... Detroit is six games. Uh, last I looked, they were like six games out of a playoff picture. Now I, I need to update my stuff because last time I looked was Saturday morning, but um, they were six games out of um, a playoff spot. And it's not inconceivable in that division that that's the case, that they can make a move. But you're right. Detroit could be sellers. Yeah. I, I kind of pick them more as sellers than buyers. If they buy, they got to buy big because they got to make up six games. So, well, it also depends on their schedule, too, right? I mean, if they've got still Cleveland and, and uh, Minnesota to play against, then maybe they can make a push. I, I did not think that they would be in third place. I did not think that they would be better than the White Sox. Yeah, even the, even the Royals for that, the Royals played better towards the end of last year and they just kind of fell apart this year. So, <laughs> kind of. Fell apart. Uh, the, the the wheel. I think that only the steering wheel and the driver's seat are left. They're not connected to anything, <laughs> but that's all that's left. Yeah, that's probably. There's a lot of truth to that. Um, buyers and sellers are interesting to me because I think that there's going to be teams that are going to make a small push that are going to try to add some stuff. And I, and I really think you mentioned Texas. I really think uh, Texas is going to be a buyer. Because they are so close with Houston. They're leading that division, but they're so close. One one bad week could be the difference between them going to the playoffs and not. They spent a crap ton of money on Jacob DeGrom. So that didn't work out. Um, I mean, luckily for them, the crap ton of money they spent on everyone else has kind of worked out. So <laughs> That's true. That's true. So yeah, you, you got guys like Garcia that are playing well and Obviously, Corey Seager is, is playing really well right now. Mm-hmm. So, 
that works out pretty well for them. But I, I really think they're going to be buyers. They're going to want to stay in this position. I think so. I, I think, you know, a lot of these teams that we consider buyers, I think big needs always starting pitching bullpen. I don't care who you are. You could always use another starter and you could always use another two bullpen arms. Hot take here. I don't think that even though right now um, Houston is in a position for a wild card if the season were to end today, hot take says that all three wild card positions are going to come out of the American East. So it's either win or go home in the American West. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, it. The Rays, the Orioles, right? They're neck and neck, right? Um, Boston's playing really, really well. Toronto's playing really, really well right now. Um, and the Yankees aren't going to just roll over and play dead, that's for sure. So I'm pretty confident, pretty confident that, uh, you know, but what do I know, right? I mean, we're still in July. There's a lot of baseball left over. Hey, the A's can make a huge push. I, Next year. Yeah, if you gotta check your crystal ball, you know, if the A's are gonna win 60 in a row or something like that, right? Hey, listen, if they win 65 in a row, they're in. They're in. Um <laughs> they win 65 in a row, get swept in the divisional series. Oh, that would that would feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> just tease it, just tease it. Okay. Um without mentioning one individual in the Angels. Who do you think gets moved at the trade deadline? You know, uh, mulling over that question, I I kind of put a list together, okay, and kind of categorized it in the starters of relief. I got three starters, a reliever, and then two position players who I think definitely are going to get moved. So yeah, I'll, are, I'll, I'll run them by you. Uh, takes by top fan stats guy. Go for it, Jackson. I think the White Sox will trade Lucas Giolito because again, every team needs starting pitching, and he's a, he's a pretty good one. He's averaging almost six innings to start. Which for teams that need a starter, you know, six innings is fantastic. Uh, I think Eduardo Rodriguez could be a sneaky one when he's been healthy this season. He's been pretty good. He has an opt out at the end of the season. So if you could convince him to stay, maybe you get more than more than just a rental on Eduardo Rodriguez. And then the third starting pitcher, this is kind of like the buy low option is Drew Smiley, just because he has a track record of being traded. And again, in, innings eater, veteran guy. So th- those are my starters. What do you think about those guys? I love it. I think you may have missed one name. Um, Marcus Stroman has been trying to get a um, has been trying to get an extension in um, Chicago, and he hasn't been able to get it yet. I'm not overly convinced that the Cubs don't try to move him to get something. Yeah, I, I thought about that one, but seeing as he. He's kind of a coin flip on me. He wants to stay in Chicago. I think they have a mutual option at the end of the season. So yeah, I could see the Cubs maybe going, you know, if they don't get what they want from him, going, ah, we could just hold on to him, you know, trigger the option. He wants to stay here. So by the That's way, speak, speaking of options, you want to hear a funny? Sure. With, with Maryfield plays for who? Toronto. Toronto. And he was traded there last season, right? from Kansas City. He's got an $18 million mutual club and um, individual option uh, for next season from the uh, Royals. Now, do you think the Royals are going to pick up that option? I say they do. (laughs) If they have to pay it, no. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, 
Um, anyways, yeah, Strowman's an interesting case. Sorry to interrupt you there. No, no, I think Strowman is a very probably he's probably the premier pitcher on the list because he's been the most healthy, most consistent. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But again, it's are the Cubs thinking, you know, retooling or rebuilding, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's and and the season's still not over. Both the central divisions are terrible, right? Um, I still think that the Reds are going to win their division, but the Cubs aren't out of it yet. And I hate to say it, but the you know the Cardinals aren't out of it yet either. I mean they're they're eight and two in their last ten as of Saturday. Last time I looked, again they were eight and two in their last ten. All they need to do is put together four or five more wins in a row. I looked at their schedule. They have the Cubs another seven games. Um, and they've got Arizona. So those are two teams that are in the wild card race that, you know, if you can leapfrog those two teams. Right? Yeah. Uh, my my worry with the Cardinals is the starting pitching. <laughs> you yeah. know, they've, got, they've kind of declared themselves sellers because of the starting pitching. They need pitching. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see if they kind of do like a a trade deadline where they, they have a lot of infield depth, you know, move a couple guys around to try to maybe get some starting pitchers to maybe compete this year. Or they can go for, you know, the, ah, we'll get them next year route. But we'll see. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, who else do you have on that list? Uh, Reliever-wise, this this is kind of my sleeper pick. I think Liam Hendricks is going to get moved when, once he comes up. Maybe if he comes off the injured list, maybe if he doesn't come off the injured list. From the Chicago White Sox. Pending free agent. Mm. Veteran guy. Good at the back end of the bullpen. Can close games for you. They love him in Chicago, though. And they after do. what he's gone through this year, he came back. Did he get re-injured? Uh, yeah, he has uh, a fifth. He's on the 15-day IL with, I think it's like an arm strain or something like that. It's not expected to be serious. They're expecting him back by the end of the month. So I think he's probably one of the White Sox's bigger pieces with Giolito because, you know, that track record of how good he has been over the past several years and like an established closer, I think a lot of teams would be interested in something like that. You know, maybe I'm thinking, you know, don't want to get too much into the rivers, but a Texas or a Baltimore who needs that middle relief option, Texas probably needs them closer to the back end, but Baltimore needs someone to bridge to their two best relievers. I think Liam Hendricks could be a good fit. Yeah. And and like you and I had talked about before, Baltimore is a great scenario, but they've got a lot of guys that are young that have come up together. So you're, I don't know you want to rock the boat too much, right? Yeah. I don't think it'd take a lot to get him. Again, he's on an expiring deal. Hasn't pitched much this year, so. All right, so who are your your uh, position players or relievers, position players? Uh, position players, I think Jamer Candelario is okay. probably a, a, a prime on the Washington Nationals. He signed a one-year deal. He has an 814 OPS, plays first and third base. That's all there is to him, you know? He's got 15 home runs, 481 slugging. There's not much more that you could want <laughs> from, a, from a trade deadline acquisition. He's a, he's a right-handed bat. And then I think a big one that you might agree with is Cody Bellinger. Might be an interesting option out on the market. Yeah. Yeah. He's having kind of a renaissance season. I mean, the, he's not hitting as many home runs, but he does have a 913 OPS, 371 on base, and he's hitting left-handed pitching bill. Well, yeah, and the shift helped him. 
script helped him a lot. Um, would you would you agree? It's funny that you mentioned Cody Bellinger. Would you agree that Cody has maybe painted himself into a little bit of a well? We got to see how the second half of the season plays out, but do you agree that he could potentially have put himself into a little bit of a corner by taking on that big contract for the one year, being on the IAL for a good portion of it, not necessarily producing the way that Chicago thought, and now he's a free agent again, and Boris has got to go get him another deal. I mean, but you know, he's got a nine thirteen OPS right now. If he gets traded and you know, even post like an 820 OPS, that's good for a trade acquisition. It helps propel a team to the playoffs. I think that gets him a deal. Yeah. Well, I, I had heard rumblings from White Sox, or I'm sorry, from Chicago fans um, that they're done with that experiment. They, they would like them to go away. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. Already? It's too early. It's too early for that. So. I don't know. I think he's the top left-handed bat on the trade market. There's not a lot of left-handed bats. A lot of teams are right-handed heavy. So, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Um, what do you think about Tim Anderson? Do you think Tim Anderson gets moved? You know, I didn't want to jump on the White Sox's back too much and just say they're going to trade everyone. <laughs> I, I think Tim Anderson is another prime trade candidate for the White Sox. They got a lot of guys on expiring deals, and Tim Anderson is one of them. But again, he's a veteran guy with a good track record. He's been playing better as of late. You know, it, it's kind of a low buy scenario. He's not having a great year. So you don't have to give up, you know, your a mid-level prospect even to get him. You can probably give up like a lower level guy and get, you know, two months of Tim Anderson and kind of roll the dice. A team yeah. like the, like maybe the Dodgers, Bill, that need a shortstop who's actually a shortstop. Sorry, sorry, Mookie, uh, who's actually a shortstop. He should be it, playing right field. <laughs> it's not so much, yeah, exactly. It's not so much Mookie that I'm worried about. It's it's if you trade for him, what do you give up when you know that Gavin Lux is coming back next season? That's true. But again, he's on an expiring deal, so you, you kind of just you don't really have you don't have to bring him back. As long as he doesn't cost too much, fine. Yeah. yeah. We'll take him. We'll take, we need a, a veteran shortstop. And he played on Team USA with Will Smith. And there's there's a good chemistry there. Um, I, I, you know, I would have said no last year after he, you know, took it to a couple of Cleveland fans. But now I'm okay. Now I'm yeah. okay. So he rebuilt his image through Team USA. That's for sure. Yeah. Rebuilt his image. All right. Uh, I like those takes. Um, I, I, I do, I do, I do. The other one that I think might be a sleeper, if there's a need for a backup catcher, um, is Joey Bart out of San Francisco. Um, San Francisco is done with him, uh, and Blake Sable is, and they, they've got another young kid, are both, uh, you know, good for that side for them. But Joey Bart's just not their guy. Now, if you need a backup catcher, if there's a team out there that's looking for, you know, for example, go to Kansas City where you can uh, take over the starting position after Salvador Perez decides to be Yeah, I mean, maybe they trade Salvador Perez too. So mm. he might be he might be another guy. But you know, I don't put that as a high one. So 
Just uh, leave it at that. Yeah, Salvador Perez is probably a Hall of Famer. He's definitely a Royals Hall of Famer, but he might be an MLB Hall of Famer. He's put together enough of a career to make that happen. So it's going to be a tough one. Um, okay, so final question. Which teams that are in it, you know, currently could do little to nothing at the deadline and still make a serious push for October and could potentially even go long or go deep in October? You know, a, a name that comes to mind that doesn't need to make a ton of noise is the Baltimore Orioles because of all the young guys they have that they can call up. You don't need to trade for talent when you got talent. So <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's a team that, it, you know, if they make like one or, you know, the Shintaro Fujinami trade where they're kind of just taking a flyer on a guy is a perfectly acceptable move for a team like Baltimore that they want to keep their young core together and they're, they're kind of keeping their eyes on the big picture. So I think Baltimore is definitely a team that could be really quiet. And then I think the Astros could stay somewhat quiet because a lot of the guys are hurt but are coming back. You know, there's no need to press the panic button. Jordan Alvarez and a few others. Yeah, you know, getting Jordan Alvarez back is huge. You know, MVP candidate when healthy. So I think the Astros and the Orioles are kind of the two teams that might just kind of have the quiet deadlines and get get the guy you never heard of, but he'll show up and produce every night. So what do you think about teams like your own team, the Braves? Uh, I mean, they, they're they killing it right now, but could they be relatively quiet at the deadline and still make a huge push and go deep into October? I, I think they could. I just don't think they will. <laughs> Knowing Alex Anthopoulos, he likes to trade. He yeah. likes he likes to make trades. So um, especially with some of the recent injuries to the Braves bullpen, I think he'll make a couple of bullpen moves. And I think they're going to be on the the bigger side of things because again, with how Alex Anthopoulos operates for the Braves as a Braves fan, is he likes to get controllable guys, guys that have multiple years, and just really good players if they're rentals. So I think the Braves could be one of those teams that make a splash. The same with the Dodgers. I don't think the Dodgers. You know, the Dodgers have been really good over the past couple of months, but I think the Dodgers are going to want to go out and, you know, make a statement, make a big move or two just to kind of, you know, you know, put put their foot on the throat of the, the teams that are trailing them. Yeah. You know, we've got a lot of young kids in L.A. Um, we could and, and the bullpen has finally shown up. They finally started to play like the bullpen that we know. We could use one more starter. I, Lucas yeah. Giolito would be perfect. We'll take it, right? Yeah. Um, you know, and I don't think we have to give up a lot when uh, Chicago fans are literally chanting at home games, sell the team. So I don't think we have a lot to worry about. <laughs> yeah, no. But, yeah, you know, that's not really a quiet move. So that, I, that's why I don't put the Dodgers or the Braves on that kind of list because I think they'll make yeah. try to make impactful moves. Um, okay, I love this. I'm I'm gonna throw you a little curveball. All right, okay. all right, and and you got 45 seconds to answer this one because I don't want to be little this topic. The show he get moved, yes or no? Where to? Forget the signing. Just does he get moved? And even if he's a rental, uh, I I said it on the weekly review. Uh, Last week, I think he does not get moved. I think the Angels push for the playoffs. Okay. Okay. Um, 
I I think he does get moved. Is it, the best part for him would be or the team that would need him the most would be Texas. But if Hardy traded inside of his own division, he'd be silly to do that. Um, so Texas and Houston are out. He's not going to uh, trade inside his um, inside an in-state rival. So don't be surprised if we see him go to Philadelphia. I think he has a higher chance of going to Baltimore than Philadelphia. Possibly. Possibly. So. But. But. All right, Jackson, We have we done it good enough with the trade deadline and all the rumors and the hypotheticals? And what, first of all, have we done it good enough? I, I think so. I think so too. Now, the second thing I would say is I love your analysis. I love the way that you break it down. So I'm glad that we're doing this. And and for the, those of you listening on Tuesday morning, this morning, just know that Jackson and I, Jackson is the top fan stats guy. There's a reason why he has that as his Instagram, because he knows more than most people have forgotten um, when it comes to different stats. And heads up, don't ever quiz him on any type of stat, including Negro League stats, because he's got he's got it. He'll take care uh, I, of it. I will. I would go that far. <laughs> There's a couple guys, but so Jackson, we got new gear coming out. We got the the new um, jersey coming out, which uh, baseball sidekick wore to the stadium last night. Um, in your colors, in the exact colors that that you're wearing, those Braves colors. But if I'm going to go on the website, I'm going to go to topdownrivalry.com. I'm going to go into the team store. Um, is there any discounts available? Is there anything that you can do? As always, use code Jackson. You know, save yourself ten percent. Yeah. Don't pay that. Don't pay that ten percent. We don't want you to pay that ten percent. We don't want you to pay that. <laughs> save the ten percent. Code Jackson. I love it. So. For those of you listening to it this morning, don't worry. This isn't in replace of our weekly review. The weekly review will still launch on Friday. We got you. Jackson and I just wanted to talk trade deadline stuff um, with everybody. So I hope that you're having a great Tuesday morning. Um, make sure you're following Top Stan, uh, Top Fan Stats Guy. Don't do it when you're driving because we don't want accidents and things like that. But make sure you're following him. Uh, and make sure you're checking out the Top Fan Rivalry site. There's a lot of good content on there. Uh, recent content, some some new rivalry talk episodes. And Jackson, I I know that you know at least one of the people that's been on a recent rivalry oh, talk. Yes, so, my, my my father, the avid, a very avid Braves fan, is on the Braves rivalry talk. So go go check it out. Yes, if yes. if you like the way I talk, my dad does that, but better. So they, there's a reason why um, Jackson is named Jackson, and why uh, while he has a why he has a brother named Calvin. Cal or why he's got a brother named Henry. And so there's there's reasons, you know, there's certain name categories that only Jackson's dad will let happen. <laughs> Jackson, I appreciate you, my friend. Have a good one, and we will talk soon. All right, sounds good.